In this episode, I speak about what I missed in regular medicine, both in my medical studies and in my work being a doctor in the past. Welcome to a new episode of Modita's podcast, From Pain to Being. The podcast in which I take you beyond the pain in your life to who you essentially are deep inside. How can you deal with your feelings? How can you find peace in your head? What exactly is behind your pain? And above all... How can you be yourself more and more? Just take a deep breath and exhale. I wish you much joy in listening. The first uh, beginning of my uh, movement towards being a doctor was in high school when I was in a biology lesson. I was about um, 16 years old then. And then my biology teacher was uh, explaining how um, uh, the, the egg and the sperm melt with each other. Um, and uh, how the human child starts growing from there so he explained the egg and the sperm uh, melting with each other and then he was silent for a while and he said and then there is the miracle and this touched me very deep because he was actually the first person in school who referred to the miracle of life and who was not just dissecting uh, things in um, frequencies like the, the um, in school was for example explained that red light uh, is red because it has a certain frequency and then the whole beauty of the color red was taken away for me. And in that way, many beauties were taken away. So uh, life was more and more reduced for me in school to a technical matter, which you could, which you had to grasp with your head and with thinking. And um, nothing what I had uh, felt as a child uh, what was connected with a, with a mystery and wonder remained. And in that moment, it came back uh, by the words of my teacher. And I was so thrilled that I uh, decided to study biology because then I hoped to be again uh, in contact with the mystery of life. And uh, at the same time, my uh, calculating head was working again and was thinking, uh, what kind of work can I do then? 
And I didn't feel that I wanted to teach biology later on to children, but I could not f- see another possibility uh, to work with uh, biology at that time. And then I uh, started thinking about being a doctor. And I think the deeper roots of my um, wanting to study for being a doctor was uh, the roots really are in some past life, I feel, that I have, uh, that I feel that I first have to do something about passing wounds and about the very basic things that keep someone alive before I can do something else for people. And I think also part of my decision uh, to become a doctor was that I wanted to save my unborn twin sister who died in the womb, or that I wanted to save my mother who was in a life-threatening situation in the Japanese concentration camp. And later I also heard that my mother uh, wanted to become a doctor, but at that time there was no money for it when she came back from the Japanese concentration camp to the Netherlands. And she was very dedicated in being a teacher, primary school teacher, and later a teacher for uh, elder people as well. So my decision had many uh, roots, actually, but in fact there was no real root, because deep down I knew that I didn't want to be a doctor at all. So I felt that already in my first year of the study. It was a a horrible experience for me, sitting with uh, 300 people in one room for the lectures. And um, the the first day already, um, the teacher or the professor wanted to show a slideshow about the heart, so the whole room um, became dark all the lights switched off and in the front was also a very big mechanical heart where the lights which showed how the electricity uh, uh, goes over the heart to stimulate the heart for contraction Um, that very big heart model was standing there but it was all such a mechanical uh, thing that uh, and uh, also the teaching was in the darkness and I felt very uneasy and actually from that moment I wanted to stop uh, my study and still I didn't dare to stop because I didn't know what else to do what uh, what what other study to do or what other work to do and the same time I had a fear of uh, having bad notes, I wanted to uh, perform, so I studied very hard and had very high notes. So when I told my teachers that I want to, uh, that I feel unhappy with the study once in a while, they just pointed at my notes and they said, "What a pity if you stop." So in that sense, I was so much influenced from from uh, what was happening outside of me. And then in the third year of my study, uh, we started dissecting dead bodies. And uh, I was 
very much uh, in wonder about the complexity of the body, even when it was, of course, a threshold to enter that room with a very much bad smell and uh, the dead bodies. And somehow we learned how this to disconnect from that, uh, which after all was not such a good idea because it's better to really feel the emotions, especially when you become a doctor, to to really deal with uh, that. But I saw the dead uh, bodies first as a, something mysterious with all the nerves and the blood vessels and the organs. But at the same time, I felt by dissecting these, those bodies to learn about how the body is, uh, what, what I can see behind the organs. We had to dissect, uh, we had to take out the organs, for example. By dissecting, I felt again this mechanical view on the body. There was not uh, nobody who spoke about how everything is connected. And I missed the whole mystery my biology teacher had uh, talked about. And the mystery I found back later by connecting with my uh, spiritual master, Osho. So in the weekends, I went home crying. I was crying because I felt so unhappy. My whole image of the body became just a mechanical image. And when I went home uh, to my parents' house in the weekends, I, I was sitting in the bus. And I, when I saw old people, I was just imagining that uh, later they would be on the dissection table. And uh, I saw them only as uh, a heap of muscles and bones. And I, I felt it also horrible that I looked in such a way. And we were trained to become hard, to, to take a distance from, uh, from emotions. Something that is complained about so much uh, when people experience the, co the contact with uh, doctors. And I, I am aware that in this generation it will be much different. But in my generation, they saw it as very good when you became emotionally very cool. So before dissecting human bodies, we, we had to dissect the dead body of a Guinea pig. While it was still warm, it was just killed. And I felt it was spoiling so many animals. So I was... Uh, um, trying to stop this experiment or this uh, this thing and um, finally I didn't succeed in that so in my study I was in a place uh, where the medical study was very technical and I missed psychology only in the third year we had few hours of psychology and I missed ethics and I missed philosophy and um, I wanted to change to another university where those subjects were taught. But then they told me I have to start from ABC again in the in other university. I would lose the years I had studied already in this university. 
So that I found a pity. And right now I think, oh, what means uh, one or two years uh, so-called loss if you find something what is more resonating with you? By that time I, I was also in a kind of a speedy uh, movement. I was think I, I was worried how can I get my life together if this study is so long, so many years, and then also I have to find a partner and start a family. And in this way I was thinking. So I was in a way in a hurry and in a kind of panic. And that was also because I was not connected with myself deep inside. And now I recognize in many doctors and also in nurses and in therapists, psychologists and uh, social workers that deep down many times the motivation is for this job is that the person wants to save someone from the own family. That as a child uh, this person felt so helpless And then by uh, choosing a job in which to help other people, the grown-up child wants still to try to save the persons that he could not save as a child. And that also means, uh, and I also noticed that it is so, that... um, Most of the doctors, um, and I think that it also uh, is like that for the other helping professions, are very afraid of that. They they try to do everything possible to uh, avoid that. And that is uh, something I miss really in regular medicine, that uh, the helping professions find also the point on which they have to stop trying to save someone's life and to accompany that person to a beautiful death. So I have seen very horrible things happening in my study and also in my uh, in the hospitals where I worked that people were dying and everybody knew they were dying. I will give an example. One man, he was dying. He had uh, very much infected kidneys and no antibiotic was working. So his kidneys were uh, totally pus. And he was dying and his whole family was sitting around him uh, to be with him in his uh, dying process. And then a doctor came in, I was a student then, and made uh, a cardiogram to cardiography. And he saw that this person had a heart attack. And that is very uh, probable because the heart also suffers from this infection. But the, the doctor was very afraid, oh my God, this person is in the wrong unit and has to go to the cardiac unit. And then they transported this dying man to the cardiac unit and the family, they didn't know where he was and the dying person was alone in the elevator and away from his family. And then I, I really could not understand. Uh, I thought, what is the, the need to be in a cardiac unit if... Nobody can save his life anymore. And 
the, the whole dying process is disturbed. So it doesn't mean that I'm not also grateful for everything that um, medical science has revealed. I am um, impressed by everything I learned about uh, the, the so many mysteries that are happening in the body, uh, even on cellular level, and how the all parts of the body communicate with each other. And the medical science has revealed that part by part. So every uh, scientist focuses on one uh, subject. And later I could uh, join all these subjects together in myself. And that was especially when I started meditating and also experienced myself as a unity But, uh, and I'm also grateful that uh, like antibiotics have been developed and that operations are possible. Even when I can see that uh, once we start giving antibiotics, actually we are already too late. Something is so much disturbed in the body that a weak spot has, has been created in the body so that uh, bacteria have a chance or somebody uh, has neglected uh, so many things in the body that finally an operation is needed because the whole organ is uh, too sick to, to be able to heal without an operation. So also, if, if it is uh, not possible in another way, I take antibiotics. I try to avoid, but I, I also take sometimes. So, and also, uh, be, uh, in earlier times, people, they died from an appendicitis, for example. And that is not needed anymore. And so I see also the advantages of medical science. But I... I also see that the approach is not holistic and that it is really needed to work in a holistic way. Not only seeing that all the organs, the whole body uh, is one unity and that all the specialists have to join. Not uh, what I noticed that when I had a, like a night shift uh, and uh, Um, some problem was going on and uh, I had to phone the specialists, the, the, uh, the, cardio, uh, the cardiologist and the pulmonologist and then I was sandwiched between an argument between the two of them uh, whose responsibility it was and actually the heart and the lungs they are so close together they, they are so much linked together also that I really missed that they put the hands together and worked together uh, on it and they, that they saw the person as a whole. And what I also noticed what was missing in the hospital is that all professions uh, worked together. It was very much split. The, the nurses were one department, the doctors another department and Um, I, in my generation, I was not even taught how to work together with the nurses and with the other caretakers in the hospital. And that is very important to be also an organic whole in all the professions. 
so that you really work in one flow together and not in the hierarchy that is uh, happening right now, still right now. So there was a hierarchy among the specialist and the person who was at the highest level, uh, so-called highest level. Then the assistant of the specialist who was learning to be a specialist. And then underneath that level was the, the student, the medical student. And they really shouted at each other. And that is not improving um your learning and it it's also humiliating and then what i saw that when the medical student had risen to the position of the specialist he started he or she started shouting to the people uh, who were so-called below the specialist and i feel there is nothing like below or higher there is there should be no hierarchy at all uh, just respecting each other and uh, like the nurses are as important as the doctors they, they are actually the, the, the arms and the legs of the doctors that I noticed when there were not enough nurses um, anymore and they were running so much and then I felt I cannot even ask them to take the blood pressure of a patient Because that takes too much time. Then I started thinking, is it really necessary to take the blood pressure? And then my medical boss, he said to me, this is not your concern. This is the concern of the nurse. And then I said, no, this is my concern. Because if I ask the nurse to take the blood pressure, I cannot expect from her that she takes care of seeing the condition of the patient as well in between because she has no time anymore for that. And what I also missed in uh, regular medicine that there was a real interest of the what is behind the sickness. I mean, on scientific level, uh, people wanted to learn what is the cause and in a very technical way and this had to be evidence-based all the time so only when the, this cause was proved in an article in a, me- a medical magazine then it was true but if people without such an investigation found out the background of a sickness for example a homeopathic doctor or an osteopath or an, an um, uh, an, a psychologist it was not taken seriously because it was not so called proven and this medical evidence uh, is based on inquiry which is, on, which is only possible with a lot of money and where this money has to come from and what we see is that only when the pharmaceutical industry sees some business in it and uh, that medicine can be developed with which they can earn money then such an investigation is done because it costs tons of money so what is called evidence-based is only linked then to the pharmaceutical industry and this industry also Uh, changes the data of the inquiries according to the ability to sell a certain medicine. So a lot of cheating is also happening in this way. 
And what I missed was that uh, the regular medicine also learns from uh, other healers. And um, that was not happening. I think also because doctors are, uh, as far as I have experienced, are educated in a quite narrow way. And only what they learn from the, the study books and from investigations, this is true in most, uh, most doctors' eyes. And they feel helpless when, when uh, or they feel, uh, they don't want to feel stupid if they don't know about an other healing um, method. And then, not to feel stupid, they just say, okay, this doesn't exist, or this doesn't work, or this is uh, something witches are doing, or something like that. And this I feel such a pity, because one time I invited, for example, when I was working as a company doctor, I invited an osteopath, because I referred many people to an osteopath. And... Their profession is even uh, older than the regular medicine and they are so experienced in everything that has to do with the, the muscles, with the fascia, with the, the tissues, the, the organs. And I invited this osteopath and he was treated in such a bad way by the doctors that I felt so ashamed And then I thought at that moment, okay, I, I cannot change the whole world. I should not want, want to change the whole world. But I felt it's such a pity because working together could be so beautiful and so enriching for everyone. Um, so I really hope that in the future uh, that... Uh, the people who are working in regular medicine will work together with other, uh, other specialists like with a physiotherapist, osteopath, family constellators, body workers, psychologists, psychotherapists, creative therapists, uh, Reiki masters, um, massage therapists, uh, homeopaths, Ayurvedic healers, nutritional experts, and so on. And also the responsibility is with the patients, with, the, with all the people, because everyone has to grow in consciousness and to speak up for themselves and consciously choose what resonates with them. So you cannot only blame the regular medicine or the government or whatsoever. It is something we all have to do together to uh, also by choosing the, the healing methods which appeal to us and by speaking up that we want to integrate this in regular medicine. This is my wish. And uh, you are most welcome to uh, leave any comment on the, on the podcast or email me about this. Or if you see this episode in Facebook, I feel nice if you return to the Facebook post and uh, put a commentary there because it's a very important uh, feedback for me too.
Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope it has given you a new insight or perspective. I love interaction. So if you want to share your experience, contact me through the email address you find in the description below this episode. I will always answer you. I wish that you will experience joy in everyday life and inner peace and that you will be able to transform your pain into being. You can follow the episodes of this podcast via Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast or Podbean by clicking the follow or subscribe button. If you listen via the Apple Podcast, and this is only possible if you have an iPhone, you have an extra advantage. Because if you click the subscribe button, you will always receive a message on your mobile phone when another episode of my podcast appears, to which I would like to invite you warmly.